This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Chapter Tactics, your 40k podcast, which focuses on playing Warhammer 40k competitively at all levels of the game. I'm your host, Pablo, and today I am going to go over the 2017 ITC season, as well as some basic general directions for where I want to take the podcast, Uh, and then I also want some of your guys' feedback. Uh, I have gotten a lot of new listeners lately. So I, I kind of just want to talk about the podcast and the 2017 ITC scene and what you guys will expect for basically the entire new season. Uh, because I started recording this podcast in around uh, around October, I want to say. Uh, so it's only 20 episodes long. And so this will be the first time I have a full season. So we will be covering everything all the way, you know, all the events from Adepticon all the way to the LVO, I guess. Uh actually probably not the LVO probably be before the LVO Uh, so this episode is going to be a little rambly Uh, I'm going to be jumping different jumping from topics to topic so if you guys don't like that I'm sorry but uh I'm recovering from the Las Vegas Open if you guys want to see the coverage for that you can go onto our Facebook page Frontline Gaming or you can go to the blog post FrontlineGaming.org you can go on Twitch there's a ton of coverage you can find it all over you can go to mini wargaming they have coverage there they also have coverage of it at the warhammer tv page the warhammer guys were there so there's a lot of coverage the las vegas open so i don't need to go into too much detail about that i do have some insight and opinions to how it went and overall it went really well uh but i'm I'm not going to talk about that on this podcast i kind of just want to decompress and talk about the itc 2017 season and the future of this podcast So, having said that, I'm going to go to a quick commercial break, and then we are going to jump into the main only topic. Yo, get off the computer. I need to check eBay. I got an auction ending soon. Wait, what are you doing on the computer? I'm just buying some minis online. Are you saving money? Nah, dude, saving clicks. Time is money, right? Hey, what the heck was that for? Dude, you gotta buy from Frontline Gaming. They offer savings on minis every single day, and up to 25% off Games Workshop stuff. Whoa, that's better than saving clicks. With all that savings, I can take a few days off of work so I can paint these minis. Ow! You gotta stop that. It hurts. You know what hurts? Spending three weeks base coning models. Save yourself some pain and get them painted by Frontline Gaming's painting studio. You know what? You've got all the answers. That's why I'm glad you're my best friend. I don't know what I'd do without you. I could never hurt you. What are you looking up on eBay? I'm uh, selling a bunch of old models. don't really use them anymore. Why aren't you going through Frontline Gaming's secondhand store? You can get money or store credit. I think you broke my nose. I don't like your tone, mister. So I'm just going to say this. Head over to FrontlineGaming.org for more details. Okay, guys, so the 2017 ITC season, uh, it's going to be huge. Uh, it's going to be bigger, hopefully better than all the other 2017 ITC seasons or all the other ITC seasons. Basically, the goal for the ITC is to expand and improve and highlight larger events and get basically get people traveling and spending money and enjoying 40K and having a great time and expanding the game basically. So I, w- I kind of want to help improve that. And I think I can do that really well with this specific media, uh, this media uh, outlet, this podcast, um, just by reporting tournaments and talking about players and talking about lists and kind of promoting a competitive or, or 
and I don't mean competitive like you're good and you're bad, but I, I mean competitive in the professional competitive gaming sense, right? Where there's like an actual tournament circuit. There are actually people working towards winning and working towards building lists and being the best that they can be. Uh, or maybe just people making new teams and, and playing with their teammates and hanging out in that kind of competitive sense. So I, I kind of want to focus on expanding competitive 40k in its entirety and not just you know uh one specific aspect of the game like playing well uh so i think i think this is the perfect place for that and i think that's one i improve on uh real quick for those of you who are listening to this and uh your first time listeners chapter tactics is a podcast devoted to tactics and playing 40k competitively at all levels of the game Uh, what that means is is not I don't want to make all of you ex- extremely amazing tournament players. I don't. W- I don't want to make you guys win at all costs, players. Uh, basically, there are. Forty K is a game where there are there is dice. There is luck involved. Just just like football, just like Magic the Gathering. Um, but those are still games with circuits, with pro circuits where people play and and they make livings off of those games. Especially especially football, right? Uh, the NFL. Uh, but basically. That that's kind of I don't I want I don't want to focus on the luck aspect of it I want to focus on the tactical aspect of it and so it, it's key to remember that because a lot of times it's really easy to get wound up into that mindset of oh the dice are against me and you know I I, I would have won if the dice had been perfect and you know there's nothing I can improve on which is 100% false uh, if you're playing a, a pickup game at a friendly local store or if you're even if you're in your friend's garage. There's always little mistakes, there's always little things, little nuances that you can do to improve on just to make the game more competitive. And I don't mean more competitive like you're going to win, I mean more competitive like from a fun sense. Because competition is fun, right? We, no one wants to play continuous games where one person is just steamrolling the other guy, right? Or, uh, or, or vice versa, you're just steamrolling everyone, right? A competitive game is a fun game across the board. At the highest levels of play, uh, at, at your friend's local or at your friend's garage, it doesn't matter. Competitive games are the most fun. Those close games where people, you know, it's neck and neck, and it comes down to that last dice, last dice roll, or or maybe you need your your independent character, like you need Marnius Calgar to go in there and win a challenge and get that slay the warlord to get you that extra point to win. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you're playing ITC, Nova, Adepticon, Maelstrom missions, Eternal War missions. It does not matter. A competitive game of 40k is a fun game of 40k, and that's what I seek to promote. Because if you promote fun games of 40k, you you will expand the hobby. You'll make it fun with your friends. You, you'll bring people in. They won't just see like, oh, this Death Star is just gonna win, and and it's always going to win. And why should I even play this game? So that's why I think it's important to focus on tactics, because I think that's the best way to make a game of 40k competitive. Uh, because I I see great players or or better players and I'm sure you you can personally think of some anecdotes as well Uh, but you you always see players like underdogs like orc players and maybe they they'll beat an Eldar player right guy with a cheesy Eldar list uh, perceived power list and the orc player beats him Uh, and it's not might be through luck um, but I think most of the time I think it's also through a lot of skill and sound play so that's the that's the whole point of this podcast is to promote sound tactical play to make your to improve the quality of your 40k games and i think that's very important uh, i think it's it's obviously it sides away from the fluff and the hobby side and i do occasionally go into the fluff and the hobby side not so much the hobby side but that's only because i'm a really bad painter <laughs> and uh, i don't I, I do like conversions i do like converting and and kind of kit bashing that that's really cool i just i just can't paint uh, but so I don't focus on the hobby side. I don't focus on the fluff side so much. Although I, I do occasionally, I will occasionally delve into the fluff because I, it's, I mean, come on, let's be real. A lot of 40k players got into it because of the fluff and because of the hobbying aspect, not just because of the game. So a- anyways, I try to focus on just the game of 40k and the sound fundamentals you need to to just be okay at it. You don't have to be amazing. You don't have to know every single rule or every single little nuance. You just, you know, if you're better at the game uh, it, and you and you help other people get better and everyone grows and gets good at the game, uh, I think that's the best way to combat power lists and net listing uh, because then you have the tools in your mind to build the way you want to and play the game the way you want to. 
And I think that's where the majority of players are. The majority of players, they want to play the game of 40k the way they want to, right? They want to use their Dark Elder army, or they want to use their Chaos Space Marines. But not specifically just Chaos Space Marines. They don't want to use, like, five Heldricks a game, or five Heldricks and, like, a hundred Cultists a game. They want to use, you know, their specific models and their specific rules to do the best that they can. They don't even necessarily want to win every game. They just want to do the best they can and to have a fun, competitive game. And that's it. That's that's where the majority of players are. That's uh, kind of from my personal view. And I think from a lot of people, I think a lot of people will agree with me, that's where most people are. They just they want to have fun, and they want to have a nice, fun, competitive game. They don't want to win tournaments, but they don't want to get steamrolled every game either. And they want to do it their own way. Uh, so, where was I? I was, uh, I was on steamrolling, competitive, 40k, playing your own way. I already lost my train of thought. Sorry, guys. Like I said, was going to be kind of rambly. Uh, basically, when you, when you do that, it's better for the hobby. No fluff. That's where I was. Fluff. Uh, so, it's not a fluff-focused podcast. Uh, there are plenty of podcasts where people focus on fluff and people focus on the hobbying aspect of that. Uh, but I try to stay away from that uh, just because I th- this is kind of a unique hobby. The other thing about my... This is kind of a unique podcast the other thing about this podcast is I like to get guests on. I like to have a different guest every week is what I work towards. Uh, it doesn't always happen. I do have repeat guests occasionally. A lot of the local guys here, I have, I'm blessed to have a great local scene where, you, you know, you have guys that are perfect for all aspects of the hobby. You know, they're super into the fluff. They have beautifully painted armies. They know how to paint. And they're also really good players. Uh, so, so I'm blessed to have players that are the trifecta that know how to fu- have fun competitive 40k games so i i do have a lot of local guys come on but i also like to get tos from all over the world i, I like to get players that know what they're talking about players that established players in the community people like matt root uh james carmona uh, i had nick donavati on one podcast those are guys that that are established players in the community that people know and recognize outside of their local stores so these guys aren't like the best of the best in terms of like they're not better than you uh but they are more globally recognized than for example myself or for example uh joe schmo who plays chaos space marines like games maybe once a month right so, so I try to get players that are more globally recognized uh, leaders in the community to kind of talk about the game of 40k, uh, not just the hobbying aspect, not just the fluff act- aspect, but the competitive aspect. So we talk about tournaments, we talk about uh, different lists, list building, we talk about tactics within the game itself, things like the movement phase, the assault phase. Uh, we talk about the tournament metas, specifically if a tournament allows storm surges or not, or if... Uh, if a tournament allows a specific unit or not, and how that affects what people's mindsets are when they go to a tournament. And that's what a meta is. So if you're unfamiliar with what a meta is or a tournament meta is, it's basically what you would expect to see out of the tournament. A perfect example, ITC versus Adepticon. Adepticon traditionally allows full strength D, uh, multiple Wraith Knights, uh, it also allows un- it's all basically it's straight out of the book seventh edition 40k. There's nothing wrong with that. That's just a complete. That's just a different format in the way they play. So you would expect to see a-, a lot of the more powerful units, a lot more D, strength D weaponry being flung around, as well as Death Stars. But you also see that in ITC, which is not not the polar opposite, but a different format. At the ITC, you still see Death Stars, you still see Ds uh, kind of flown around, but you, you'll see a lot more MSU and a lot more battle companies, uh, a little bit more, um, I don't want to say mid-maxing, but just a little more MSU. Uh, I think you see a lot more Riptide Wing in ITC than in Adepticon, that's because Riptides are a lot harder to kill in the ITC format, uh, because Death Stars are, are nerfed because of that nerfed invis and that nerfed D, so Riptides are a little little harder to kill in ITC, and they're also very MSU-y, and, uh, especially with the Riptide Wing, so you just they're different formats, and that's kind of the meta you expect. So when you go to Adepticon, you'll expect to see one thing, and when you go to an ITC uh a vanilla ITC event like the Las Vegas Open, you expect to see a completely different meta. Sometimes, uh, pers- like for a perfect personal anecdote for me, with our local stores, our local event organizer, Doug, he has a lot of really wonky 
different unique missions and no knock on Doug. Doug tries hard every six weeks. He has a six week league that he runs at our local store every week, every six weeks. And it's amazing. It's, it's fun. He's been doing it forever and he's been doing a great job, but occasionally he'll have missions that'll favor drop pods, right? Cause it, it'll, it'll be like, you get a point if you're in your opponent's deployment zone, turn one or something weird, or, or there might be like little orc guys that you have to, you have to protect and the orc guys have like an attack where they'll hit you and they'll run away from you. They're kind of work like the relic. Um, so that kind of favors more MSU armies that have like bodies that can, that can take those little orc hits like a 20 man cultist squad this can hold on to that orc a lot better than like uh, a five man tactical squad that, that costs a lot more, right? Cause those Marines are, are more at a premium, but basically the point is, is that there are different metas for different tournaments and that's, one thing you do have to think about when you play your games of 40k when you go to an event because the ultimate goal of competitive 40k is to get people to come to events and have a great time that's that's it that's all competitive 40k is competitive 40k isn't beating your opponent's face in and you know crushing every opponent not having a good time or or any of that whack or when it all costs tfg stuff that's not competitive 40k competitive 40k is going to event and being the best you can be, bringing a top-notch army, and that, for a lot of people, that also includes bringing a beautifully painted top-notch army, right? And that's perfectly okay. That's all in, that that's all in competitive 40k. All competitive 40k is is competition in 40k, not casual. Like we're gonna hang out at a bar, uh, hang out, drink beer, eat pretzels, hang out at your friend's garage. That's not competitive 40k. That's more casual 40k because there's no ultimate goal to achieve you're just having fun with your friends and there's nothing wrong with that either so competitive 40k is is not just uh tactics beating your opponent's face and it's also it's basically reaching a certain goal and declaring like a winner or or in a winner of the event or uh bringing people together so they can improve themselves and i think that's kind of the goal of competition in general is to to show like who the best is at this specific thing and also to bring people together kind of have that camaraderie and that sense of self-improvement and to improve the community as a whole i think that's competition in a nutshell and it's also entertainment too competitive 40k is very very much surrounded around entertainment when you go to an event it's not just about playing in the games sometimes it's about watching the games uh the twitch streams are really popular because competitive 40k is entertaining all that stuff, entertainment, improvement, camaraderie, sound tactical play, winners, winners and losers, all of that stuff encompasses is encompassed by competitive 40k, which is why I'm so entranced by it. I love I love competition. I, I love tournaments. I love the 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 little storylines, you know, the rivalries. I, I love the the winners, the underdogs, the unique lists. Um, and it doesn't matter if it's if it's uh, competition like through a best general or a best overall. It's I just love competition. I just I love the the idea of going to a place far away with your buddies in a car. You you guys all stay the night in a hotel room. There's like ten of you, right? And you're all sharing the hotel room. Half of you have the floor. Half of you have the bed. And then the night before, you guys are deciding like what you're gonna bring. Uh, maybe ragging on your friends a little or or hyping them up. I do remember at the BAO last year's BAO, I was actually at the hotel room and I stayed with Brandon Grant, the guy who won the event. And we just talked tactics and we talked about, you know, winning and, and doing what we can and matchups the entire night. It was great. It was awesome. Uh, Brandon Grant is a great guy. He's a really, really smart guy. I've had him on podcast a few times already. And I, I that's distinctly what I remember is hyping him up going like, Brandon, you can do this. You're really good. You've got a good list. You're the man. I believe in you. You know, we were talking about his fourth round matchup because I think it was a really intense player. I think it was someone we really needed to sit down and talk about. And, and that that's just fun. That's just what I enjoy. And a lot of people obviously do enjoy it because the ITC is expanding. Tournaments are expanding. Uh, there, there are events popping up all over the place that are bigger, getting bigger and better. Iron Halo GT comes to mind. Uh, there's another one in Oklahoma City that I just found out about. I, I, the Slobberknocker GT, I think is what it's called. I think they're on their second year, and the TO called me up yesterday asking to buy terrain for 75 tables, which is insane. 
right? And they, they've only been around for a year. They only had one other event before this. So this will be their second year in 2017. That's crazy. And, and that's that's what I want here. That's exactly what the point of this podcast and what the point of the ITC is, is to expand that. And those those events, they're good for everyone. They, they are. Even if you don't go to the events, they're, they're good for everyone. They, they're spectacles. People show up and they're like, wow, what is all this crazy stuff? I have no idea. You know, my first experience with 40K was an APOC game. I showed up and I saw a defiler on top of a tower and all these dudes. And I saw something that looked like a space marine. I was really big into StarCraft at the time. Uh, I, I, was, I was actually really, really big into StarCraft at the time. Uh, you know, I saw like something that looked like space marines from StarCraft. And I was like, this is amazing. I saw tanks. I loved it. I asked about it. Uh, and then it always stuck with me. And then about 10 years later, because I never had the funds to get into 40K. So I got into kind of magic and other things. But I finally, I always, it always kept it at the back of my head. And then one day I just made the leap. I had a buddy who had a, who played a game of 40K and he invited me and I, I was hooked. And I knew I'd always wanted to get into it. And it was something that I would love to jump into, but I just didn't have the funds until I got a lot older and got a job and saved up some money and kind of, you know, situated myself a little better. So basically competitive 40 K that those events, cause that was a big APOC game that was organized by someone, right? I don't know who it was a long time ago. It was three or four years ago now. And it was organized by someone. Uh, someone organized it, and it was a big spectacle at Game Empire. I, I there were maybe thirty people there, and I loved it. And that's how I personally got into the game. And I think that's a that's a good way for other people to get into the game, right? And once they get into the game, you it's up to us. It's up to us to help them. Uh, it's up to uh, the long war guys. It's up to mini war gaming. It's up to frontline gaming. It's up to me. It's up to you guys. It's up to everyone to keep them in the game. However, however possible, even if even if that means they're a netlister, if they're a win at all costs, you know, cheesy netlister who just wants to win games and crush people, do do your best to cater them. And I think that's important to run. That's why it's important to have events that cater to different people like the Las Vegas Open or, or, or like uh, Nova or Adepticon, some of the really, really large events where you go and there's painting competitions, there's uh, 40k champs, there's fun team events. There are 30k events, there's Age of Sigmar events. It's important just when you reel them in to give them all the options available and then just let them decide what what they like and what works for them for best for them. And I also think that's kind of where a, a little striking against our community. It's kind of where our community doesn't, it not fails, but uh, in general, I think we're a little bit more negative of a community because uh, we're all so tight-knit and, you know, we all have our opinions about how the game should be played. And that's partly from from GW's uh, lack of going, jumping in and establishing a community, like a real, real community. So we've kind of, it's kind of been the Wild West. We've kind of formed our own bands of communities where, you know, some people think the hobbying is king and some people think playing the game is king and some people think both of them suck and hanging out in your friend's garage and drinking beer and not really caring except just enjoying the atmosphere some people think that's king and and all of there's nothing wrong with any of those things by the way there's nothing wrong with with focusing on just hobbying and buying models and there's nothing wrong with just going to tournaments and playing and have enjoying that environment and there's also nothing wrong with just enjoying 40k casually uh maybe it's maybe you don't know who uh the ultramarines are that's okay that's fine. Maybe you just like rolling dice and hanging out with your friends and you like the models or whatever. It, it doesn't matter. My point is is that once you people get reeled into these games with these large spectacle events, it's important to keep them and, and get them hooked uh, because that's how you expand the game. So, <sighs> sorry. That's just had to decompress a little. It's a little soapboxing right there. And... I saw a lot of that at the Las Vegas Open. I saw a lot of people who just walked into the hall. They paid for a day and they just, their eyes are wide and they were just like, what is this? You know, because you had 2,000 people, like-minded people all in, you know, the one convention. They're all talking, having a great time. It, it's going to draw people. And even if they don't get into Warhammer 40k, that's okay. Drop Zone Commander, Malifaux, uh, I, there are definitely more games than just Drop Zone Commander and Malifaux. I'm just I can't uh, Warm Hordes. You get my point. There, even if they get into any of the games, there it's it's we're adding another member to our community 
who could potentially be a Reese Robbins or a Frankie Giampapa or like a Nick Nanavati or a Phil Rotokanakis or, or any, or a, a Kenny Boucher or Rob Bayer or, or a mini Wargamer Dave, that one person has the potential, every single new person, every single person in the game of 40K has the potential to become a leader in our community. And the only way we get those guys in is just by bringing them all in. You know, it, if we get like a thousand, two thousand people, new 40K players into the hobby every month, you know, eventually we're going to get someone who, who just loves the game so much that they want to help improve. Um, maybe they'll even eventually join up with GW and, and you know, kind of help the game that way. It, it's it's important that, that we stay as as community friendly and, and as inclusive as possible. So that's also kind of where this podcast is too, is I try to be as inclusive as possible and focus just on the game for those people who like the gaming and the competitive aspect of it. And I, I know I'm rambling right now. So if you, if you're uh, just tuning in here, or if you're kind of skipping through to kind of see where I talk about the ITC 2017 season, quick recap. Basically this is a competitive podcast. Com- competition does not necessarily mean win at all costs winning. It just means large events, camaraderie, uh, fun times, entertainment and, and fun times. And that's what I like to focus on. And I like to share that with people because that's what I personally enjoy. And I have heard from a lot of people it is what they personally enjoy and that's okay. And so there's, I don't hate the fluff. I don't hate the hobbying aspect of it. I understand that they are valid, fun ways to enjoy 40k, and I do I do partake in them sometimes. I plan on hobby. I plan on painting up some uh, Moon Clan grots this weekend uh, because the the GW Warhammer TV guys were at our store and they all wanted to play to Sigmar, and I didn't have a painted army to play with them. That and I was also working. I was catching up, but I really it really got me. I really got the bug again. And the reason why I didn't paint them, I, I kind of got halted halfway through painting them, was because of the Las Vegas Open and preparing for it. And then we also started some other things up too, like the Frontline Gaming Secondhand Shop. That got really big, so that got me really busy. And it, basically, it kind of fell through the wayside in, in like November, October. I also had my, my daughter in October, so that kind of... Basically, things steamrolled into I got really busy and now that the Las Vegas Open is over and my daughter is now three months old and she doesn't need as much help you know my wife doesn't need as much help with her I I can start focusing on Age of Sigmar and focusing on the ITC 2017 season which I think is a great transition to go into so first and foremost the ITC 2017 season is upon us the first events were the RTTs on Sunday for the Las Vegas Open, so if you were able to attend some of those, you were able to get some ITC points. Not a lot, but some. Uh, and, you know, the, it was close this year. Brett Perkins and Brandon Grant were between second and third place. I think there was just a few points between them. So I, every little bit helps. Obviously, there's only five events allowed. I think we only take the top five events scored, but, you know, any little bit helps for winning factions. And sometimes you just want that momentum. Sometimes you... You just you want to get that momentum early on, win an RTT, and then translate that into something bigger and better later on down the road, like an Adepticon, which is coming up. And if you are preparing for Adepticon, uh, I will. I I would I would like to talk about it a little bit. Adepticon, I think it's in in four weeks. I don't know. Don't quote me. Don't hate me, guys. Uh, sorry, Chris. I don't know exactly how how far Adepticon is from now. I'm recording on Saturday. I think it's in in four weeks, March. Anyways, Adepticon is coming up, so I would like to have an Adepticon podcast where we talk about the Adepticon meta, and I think I'll get someone who's won the event a while ago, or someone who's plans on attending, or maybe the TO. Hopefully, if you guys, if you're, if if you're TOing Adepticon and you have time, or if you're judging at Adepticon, or if you're going to be there in some sort of administrative fashion and you're listening to this or if you know someone who's going to be there in some sort of administration fashion, administrative. Uh, fashion and you want to get them on the podcast so I can talk to them. I'd love to interview them and talk to them about Adepticon to help promote that. Uh, so, ITC 2017 season. Uh, back to that. I'm going to talk about what kind of episodes I want and some of the segments I want and I want your guys' opinions on these and I'm also going to talk about what my personal goals are for the 2017 ITC season. Alright, so 
chapter tactics. Where am I going? I, I plan on getting more interviews, uh, more lists. I plan on... I, I don't want to go back to user-submitted lists and announcing them on the podcast uh, simply because I get a lot of the, the same ones and a lot of redundant ones. And I think those people email me just for their own personal advice and not really, you know, to have their pod, their list on the podcast. Uh, so uh, I, I'm no longer going to be doing like the list lab. I'm, I'm going to focus more on competitive lists, established lists, lists that uh, people really want to hear about. Because every time an event happens, like the Las Vegas Open, for example, all people do is ask for lists all the time. Well, what lists made the top eight? What is William Abelese's list? Or who was the top orc player and what was his list? That's all people care about. And the Best Coast Pairings app does help out with that. The Best Coast Pairings, if you haven't heard about it, they have a player app on Android and iOS where you can now, for uh, sponsored events, you can now look at the players' lists in those events. And that's huge. That's key. That that makes my job a lot easier. I don't have to hunt down a person, grab their list, and then put it online, and and you guys can look at it there. And I'm going to talk about it here, and not have to worry about formatting it, and you know, making sure it's a legal list, and also putting it on here, putting it on the blog, so you guys can read it. So so it'll be great. The Best Coast Pairings app. Those guys are doing an amazing job. They made my life easier. So I'm going to be talking about lists because that's important. People love talking about lists. And I'm going to focus on getting lists from like late, late May uh, where I talk about factions. And I focus on Space Wolves and Dark Eldar and Orcs and and uh, Tyranids. And I want to go through every single faction in 40k. Uh, maybe not Inquisition and Assassins. I might make that all one podcast because they're so small. But I, I want to focus on a faction and I want to focus on what makes that faction good. And the good units in that faction, the bad units in that faction, and the ugly kind of meh fac- units in that faction, uh, and ditto on strategies. So basically, I want to have a faction with a guest who plays that faction, hopefully, every week, and I'll start that sometime in April. And then after that, I, I still want to continue with tournament news, but I would also love to have a segment where I holistically talk about the phases of the game. I did have a beating the movement phase chapter tactics, and if you want to go into, I'll actually link to all of the episodes in the show notes on the FrontlineGaming.org blog. But if you want to go to the movement phase one, it's really popular. It's it's I think it's the third most popular podcast right now downloaded out of all my podcasts. It's it's a really good podcast, and we just talk about the movement phase and what how to how to beat the movement phase because it's the most tactically challenging phase out of all the phases. You know, shooting phase can be point and click sometimes. The salt phase sometimes just never even gets used. And when it does get used, it's kind of straightforward. There's there's really very little it that compared to the movement phase you can do in the assault phase. Uh, psychic phase can get very complicated, but sometimes it's also you just completely ignore it. So the movement phase is the one phase that consistently you always have to do the be- you always have to try and do the best in because it, you also have the most control in it too, right? Because y- there's very little dice rolling involved in the movement phase. It's where the player has the most control. So it's a very good episode, but I plan on going into all the other phases of the game, and I also want to know what you guys think. What what kind of topics you guys wanted to talk about? I wanted to talk about slow playing and how to play a faster game of 40k. I also wanted to talk about uh, list building and what it takes to build uh, a good list and kind of the core mechanics to how lists are built. And I also want to talk about attending events and have a podcast just about attending an event and what to expect, how to prepare for it, uh, the best way to attend an event. And I'll also like to throw in like personal anecdotes of players that I talk to who who talk about events that, for example, Relentless D, those guys who not only made the top five ITC teams with with uh, 30, 36 submissions, point submissions, events played, which is insane because I think the next second lowest was like over 100, 130, which which is crazy. That means they, they got into the top five for ITC teams with four times less events submitted, which means the, their guys all did extremely well consistently with the very few opportunities they had but the relentless the relentless d guys those guys travel to events and they go to hotel rooms and that's actually brandon grant michael snyder aaron hayden those guys all those i stayed in their hotel room uh, at that bao that i was talking about earlier and that's kind of what they do they they 
get a hotel room together and they talk the game. They talk about how to play the game better. And back from my days in Magic when I would travel with SoCal guys and I would go to a GT or GPs, Grand Prix and PTQs and try to qualify for the Pro Tour. And we would spend hours driving, talking about deck lists and Magic Theory. That kind of harkens back to those days for me. And I think it's a really enjoyable camaraderie experience. And I'd like to talk about that specifically in one episode, that whole thing, all about that. And then I also want to talk about running tournaments. I I think I I personally have a little bit of experience, but I know tons of people who have a lot more experience. And ultimately, I would like to have a uh, maybe a two or three part series about running events, maybe uh, logistics side of it, jumping into formats and mission crafting and then finally running the actual event and what it takes to judge an event so i was thinking about diving into that more so we're gonna have faction break factions specifically and that'll last for a while that'll take me into summer easily and then just some basic stuff in the middle of that and then of course tournament news all all week every week if there's a large event 30 or more players gt preferably two days I'm probably going to cover it. I'll do my best to cover it using the Best Coast Pairings Player app, but not every TO uses that app. And we'll I'll just talk, you know, talk about the event, talk about who won, uh, and then kind of keep a running tally of who's winning, who's losing. Just like last year. Last year, I, I think Adepticon really kicked it off with Matt Root getting second place and Aaron Along winning Adepticon. That's kind of that kind of kicked it off for the media coverage. That that's kind of where the media coverage for 2016 really started was the Aaron Along win at Adepticon and then it kind of snowballed from there and I was able to keep track of pretty much the entire 2016 season. Uh, for the near future, I would like to I'm I'm going to have a podcast on the 2016 season and kind of like a recap. I think that would be kind of cool, and I'd get on with uh, Reese. Maybe I'll pull Reese on that, or Frankie, uh, or whoever wants to talk about it, whoever covered that 2016 season. And then I want to talk about just the season, how it came down, who, which the top, what the most winningest lists are. Uh, so that'd be kind of cool. I, I don't know if I'm going to do that podcast yet, um, but I, I plan on doing that podcast in the near future while the 2016 season is still fresh in my heads, in my head and everyone's head. And and then of course the 2017 season i think i'm gonna have a podcast on that which actually no that'll just be this podcast so jumping into the 2017 season uh personal goals for me i would like to win a gt a large gt preferably 30 plus people two days i i hope more i hope i hope i win something big i doubt it though. i don't have a ton of money to fly to adepticon uh nova and you know it iron halo gt i don't really have the money to fly to any of those events but i would like to attend one large event that's outside of california that's actually outside of driving distance uh so maybe not nova uh maybe adepticon but that's really really soon Uh, i think I'll, i'll stick to something to an event that's a little smaller but a little easier for me to travel to maybe t shift but it is also close to the las vegas open so i might not go to t shift but basically, I, I, I would like to travel to a large event that's that's flying distance away, not that's out of driving distance. I would also like to win a major GT. And then I'm also going to focus on the Castellans of the Imperium Detachment. I know it's really cool. I know it's really bonkers. I know there's a lot of anti-Imperium players, but there's also a lot of pro-Imperium players. And that Castellans Detachment in the Fall of Cadia book is just so cool. There's just so much unique different things and I think we're actually going to get I think that's going to be one of the few detachments where people will take that detachment and have radically different lists and that'll happen consistently so it won't just be like the gladius strike force well where you will mostly have white scars battle companies and then occasionally have other people show up with their lists but I think the Castellans Imperium detachment you're going to have people with drastically different lists and it's actually the kind of detachment the kind that I love you know where you can you have all these different tools and everything's just here. You can take it. Everything works together, guys. Let's see what you can build. This is basically what GW told us. It's a little close to Unbound, um, which might be which might be uh, not in people's tastes. They might not like that, but I personally love that. So I'm going to build a Castellans of the Imperium Detachment, 
Uh, I'm probably not going to retire my warp spiders or as someone on Facebook called them my ultra spiders which are if you don't know they are space marines converted to act as warp spiders uh, I don't think I'm going to retire them just because uh, I do enjoy the model and I I, uh, I also like warp spiders I know I know they're really competitive and they're kind of like the villain of 40k evil warp spiders uh, but warp spiders let's be honest guys we're so 2016 they, they are no longer they aren't as common i don't think there was a single warp spider in the top eight in 2017 which which really says something about the meta and how it shifted so i don't think i'm going to retire them although i definitely am going to run a different version of my ultra my my warp company list with which was basically a an ultra marines all white scars a white scars battle company with 30 warp spiders i'm gonna change that up a little and I'll talk about that and specifically where I want to go with that and then maybe I can get some of your guys' feedback. So I'm going to craft two different lists. I'm going to improve on my previous list to hopefully do better at events and then I'm going to work on a new list and then work on getting the models for that list and that list I think is going to be more customized to me. Um, I think I really want to bring Dreadnoughts back but it also depends on on where the meta starts shifting again and of course the other big thing about the ITC 2017 season, which uh, everyone is kind of talking about, which could be a big monkey wrench in everyone's plans, is the 8th edition rumors. 8th edition might just come out and flip everything out. It might not come out. There might not be an 8th edition. I, I don't know, but as someone who has to, who has a podcast, a competitive 40k podcast, which which needs to project out into the future, I, I it, it might throw a little wrench into my plans. Right, all of a sudden, Space Marines might just be garbage, right? Because because of a potential Eighth Edition or not, uh, I I don't I don't know. It's just a rumor. I know I know a lot of people swear that Eighth Edition is coming, uh, but honestly, guys, we have no real idea. We don't know if it's coming or not. And me as a podcaster who who's wanting to see into the future, I have to be prepared for any scenario. So so that might be that might just throw a wrench into my plans, right? Like if Eighth Edition pops out in the middle of my factions, my faction segment. I, I will have to redo my faction segment, which which will suck. <laughs> so so I'm hoping that doesn't happen. I'm I but obviously I'm hoping for an eighth edition personally. I think that would be kind of cool. I'd like to see a little bit of a change up. Now that we've had seventh for a couple of years, uh, but if not, you know, no big deal. I really like seventh personally. I really like where the game's at, and I kind of like the end times fluff. Speaking of the end times, I, I going back to podcast future. I will definitely be talking about competitive new releases and and their effects on the meta. It's simply similar to what I did with Gene Steeler Colt, Death Watch, Magnus. I'm going to be talking Trader Legions. I'm definitely going to be talking about new releases as they come out. Now, some releases, uh, for example, the Trader Legions book, which was so big, such a big release that it deserved its own podcast. Some will get their own podcasts, and some like the Death Watch release will not get their own podcast. They'll get something a little smaller because maybe they don't have as big an effect on the competitive 40k scene. And that's not favoritism, you know, that's not because uh I I don't think that the codex is good. It's just because I don't feel like that co specific codex will have that big of an effect on the competitive scene. Just like Death Watch. Death Watch did, just didn't really have an effect on the competitive scene. We didn't really see a whole lot. There was only one Death Watch player at the Las Vegas Open. Kudos to him. But it just didn't have that big of a, an impact on the competitive scene. And so I personally didn't feel like it was worth talking about on my podcast. Uh, so, anyways, if you guys, if a, if a cool, unique thing comes out, uh, that you really are looking forward to and I don't cover it a whole lot on my podcast please don't get upset it's just because I feel like it would not take up an entire podcast you know but I'm also not going to just say oh yep death watch suck moving on well uh, no I, I'm gonna at least cover it a little which is which I think is fair so we're gonna cover new releases anyways 2017 ITC season we don't know if eighth edition is going to hit it is just a rumor uh, but if it does hit you can bet your ass that I'm going to cover eighth edition. I, I will. If if it if it hits and it's big, I, I'm going to cover it. I'm going to do my best to cover it. It'll be a big thing that everyone wants to. Uh, so kind of throw that into the ITC 2017 season. You know, like a little asterisk 
Like I, I, if this comes out, I will cover it for sure because everyone and their mom will be covering it. But there's no guarantee that it'll even come out because it is just a rumor, right? And it, it's really funny too because if it would be really funny if this rumor, if someone just started it just for fun, right? Like it, we don't. It's not like it's not like with the Magnus release where there was like that crumpled box and we're like oh yeah, for sure, we're getting Magnus. Like, there's no way this has been faked. It's not like that at all. It could have just been, like, some dude in his basement who's like, oh, GW's gonna have an 8th edition. I'm going to put it on my blog. And some guy saw it, and they're like, oh my god, Facebook. Then it just blew up. That could that would be hilarious if that just happens. What if we go, like, like, what if 8th edition becomes, like, the Plastic Sisters thing, right? Where five years down the road, we're like, but 8th edition is still coming, guys, just like those Plastic Sisters... And then it never comes. Although technically we did get Plastic Sisters, but I don't really count the Sisters of Silence and Celestine. So we're still hoping for Plastic Sisters, guys. Uh, which every year we seem to get Plastic Sisters rumors. And, um, you know, so anyways, uh, i just like to reiterate and drive that point home. <laughs> so so uh, there's no guarantee that I'll be talking about any of that stuff, any of that rumors stuff either. I think I will stay away from... I'm not going to talk about uh, rumors, rules, rumors, like, for example, Reboot, Reboot Gaiman, who I will cover the crap out of. He will get his own episode. Reboot Gaiman, I'm a huge Ultramarines fan. Uh, it's my podcast. Sorry, guys, if you're not a big Ultra Smurfs fan, but I'm going to... He's the first Imperium Primarch getting released, and I'm going to cover him in one podcast, And I, unless unless he's garbage, then maybe not. May, they may, might just I might just cry, spend an entire podcast crying because he's not very good. But the point is, is that rumors, uh, leaks of rules and stuff, I'm not going to cover. Just because they're not concrete, they're they're not stuff that I would personally like to talk about. And, and that's just because they're, we don't know, right? Uh, we don't know for sure. So I'm I'm just gonna even I'm just gonna stay away from them. I'm not even gonna talk about if if Reboot Gaiman's rumored to be T3. I don't care. It's uh, until I have the book in my hands and I can talk about it with some concrete data and sit down and think about how this will affect the competitive 40k scene i am i'm not going to talk about it so itc 2017 season pablo is going to hopefully win a gt win a large event which would be really cool i think i've never actually won one Uh, i'm also going to work on a unique list that i personally designed and that you guys can of course use and improve upon, which I'm sure you will do. You guys will either call my list garbage and never use it, or someone somewhere will take my list and do better at me than it, and that's okay. I'll improve on my quote-unquote competitive, my my true competitive list, which is the Battle Company Warp Spiders, which is still kind of unique. No one, no one was running it at the LVO, for example, that to my knowledge. Uh, and I don't know if that's because they don't like the idea of using 30 websiders in Battle Company or because I, they're, that's not a very good list, which that might not be a very good list. I don't know. Uh, but but I'm going to quote-unquote you know, work on that competitive list, quote-unquote. And then I'm also going to travel to an event and cover the crap out of that event. Uh, so there, there's already been people who've offered me uh, hotel rooms, hotel stays, and food, and the, I just had to dr- get out to their event. I'm not going to name the events, but uh, they're they're tos who really want me and really want Reese and Frankie to come out to their events, and I think I think that that would be cool. I think that would be really cool for their events and for growing the community, is for us to go to to some of the aren't just Adepticon and Nova, and kind of promote them because there are some great ideas everywhere. You know, I'd really like to go to actually Australia. I'd really like to go to next year's CanCon. Um, if it's around the LVO time, obviously won't be able to go, but I, I would just really like to go to Australia and play a game of 40k over there. That'd be kind of cool. That, and I've always wanted to go to Australia. I think it'd be great. Speaking of CanCon, Scott Duval, Duval, uh, the TO for CanCon, CanCon was the largest 40k Australian ITC event. They recently had their ITC, 40k ITC Australian Championships, which is like their version of the ITC Championships or the LVO, where they actually have regional rankings that are based off of, I think based off of the ITC points, and players get faction awards. It's really cool. Australia gets their own little mini LVO, which is great. Scott, you're doing a great job. And we actually are going to have a report of that this weekend. Look for it probably Sunday, maybe Monday. 
as Scott already wrote it up, we just need to get some fine-tuning on the article, and then it'll go up, and it's, it's actually a really good article. Scott did a great job covering CanCon, and he not only did a great job covering it, but he also did a great job breaking down the factions that you saw at CanCon, and he also broke down the Lords of Wars and Super Heavies, that the, the actual number of models at the event that were seen, as well as how they dealt with slow playing. So he actually, it's actually a full comprehensive list, and for those of you who want to run an event, uh, or be like a new budding TO, it's, it's a great read. It is. It's really good. It's, it's exactly what I would expect from a coverage perspective and from a TOing perspective out of a competent TO person. So it's really good. Scott, kudos to you. It was a really well-written article, um, and, you know, just wanted to pimp that out a little. I'm not going to talk about CanCon. I unfortunately happened around LVO time, and uh, there is coverage there, but I'll figure I just let Scott take care of that. And I also didn't have time to actually cover it actively, which which I was kind of bummed by. Uh, because, but I was just so busy with the Las Vegas Open and preparing for it and making terrain and helping Reese and Frankie, who, who have just been an absolute pleasure to work for. Um, I love Frontline Gaming. Just wanted to give that shout-out to them real quick, even though I'm on their podcast, and I tell them that every day. Tell them that, that they're the best and they're the coolest and they tell me to shut up and get back to work. That's okay. No problem. <laughs> and I'm just kidding. They don't do that. They, they, they're real nice guys. They're real great bosses to work for. Uh, so uh, that's pretty much it, guys. Thanks for listening. Sorry for the rambling. I hope I didn't ramble on too much. And I hope you guys enjoyed this small little solo podcast. Uh, like I said, I was just decompressing from the Las Vegas Open. I didn't have a guest lined up for this week. Uh, I only actually only got back Tuesday and then Tuesday I just I stayed in, stayed at home and hung out with my daughter and my wife all day. And then of course Wednesday, Thursday, Friday were just balls to the wall, you know, catching up. Catching up on all the work that had just stacked up because a lot of emails stack up over the Las Vegas Open. We didn't have time to answer all of them while we were in Vegas because we were all super busy. So, so there's just a lot of catching up. I'm gonna be doing a lot of catching up next week, but I will also have a guest next week. I don't know what the topic will be next week. I think, I think I was planning on having uh, a a slow playing episode, uh, what you can do to speed up the game. I was thinking about having that, and I was also thinking about maybe having an episode about the Las Vegas Open too. Uh, anyways, guys, thanks for listening. If you guys want to shoot me a list for some list ideas or just for some help with your list or or any sort of feedback that you want from me, hit me up at FrontlineGamingPDPob at gmail.com. That's PDPob, P-E-T-E-Y-P-A-B at gmail.com. So FrontlineGamingPDPob at gmail.com. Email me your list. Uh, I would love to talk to you about it. I, I had a ton of people email me over Las Vegas Open asking about their Las Vegas Open lists. <laughs> so sorry, guys. I, I didn't actually get to any of them in time. So uh, I hope you all did well. And I hope you guys all, you know, didn't need my advice after all. Uh, so shoot your list over to me. Also in the comments down on the blog of FrontlineGaming.org where you're listening to this. If you are listening to this there, could you please just tell me what you want to hear out of my podcast? That'd be great. Uh, other than that, have a good one, guys.